Hello and welcome to Diary of a Serial Hostess. Today's article is called A Little Retro is All the Rage. It's about what comes around, goes around, traditions, customs, rituals, and a pet peeve. The trend this summer is all about that nostalgic feeling of good old times. I have noticed it not only in my metier, which is entertaining at home, but also in the return of certain drinks, restaurant menus, what we're wearing, and interior decorating. Color combinations, hem lengths, and furniture arrangements all point to an already been there, done that style that feels so familiar and comforting. Hollywood is also part of this scheme, making movies like Elvis, Maverick, and Jurassic Park. And what about Downton Abbey? I loved the first one. After spending so much time at home in the last couple of years, layers and layering are in again. Deep colors and rich textures are popping out of magazine pages and decorating books and exotic combinations of fabrics and turning into long hostess skirts and comfortable embroidered mules, perfect for when entertaining at home. It feels familiar because I've been doing this my entire life. It is everywhere because millennials have finally decided that maximalist is much more fun and ultimately much more practical. For many of us, this new trend is not really new. It's how life has always been, a mixture of rituals, and ingrained traditions than we grew up with. Houses are filled with memories and styled in a comforting and orderly way. It's about moving forward and learning from the past. Here are some trends that I'm loving. Going out to lunch, macaroni and cheese, six o'clock dr drinks, and dressing up for dinner. And the one trend that I am not so happy about. Going out for lunch. So did you know that it's now against the law in France to have lunch at your desk? Office workers must leave their desks, take a 90-minute break, and go out to lunch. In Spain, many offices have a two- or three-hour lunch break, enough time to have lunch and a siesta and come back to work refreshed and ready for the afternoon session, which starts at 4 p.m. and lasts until 8 o'clock. Working from home has messed up this incredibly important part of socialization, and many small business owners have told me that after their employees rebel from having to go back to the office full-time, the four-day week is here to stay. Working from home on Fridays is part of the plan, and starting the weekend with a two-martini lunch is the new norm. Oh, and calling any small business up to three o'clock on a Friday is now a sign of disrespect. A few months last year, I worked as a ceramics company. I know, I know. It was not a good fit for me. The headquarters are in a warehouse in a very bad part of town. Lunch was frowned upon. Socializing with co-workers was taboo. And leaving your desk implied that you were not doing your job. The HR person actually followed me into the ladies. Anyway, just to tell you that this French-inspired company clearly did not understand the concept of camaraderie and friendship in the workspace. The reason I'm telling you this is to encourage you to make lunch dates, not to trash the before unmentioned company. So moving on. Macaroni and cheese. Can we please discuss Cipriani's best and most requested dish of baked taglionini with ham? Seriously, in moments of uncertainty, stress, or just because you crave comfort food, any dish with pasta and cream is like food for the soul. To call it plainly so we all understand, macaroni and cheese in any of its variations work for me. Yes, in a pinch and in total panic, even the ones that come already made. My favorite is Beecher's. For a holiday buffet, transfer the mac and cheese to your own ceramic dish and drizzle with a bunch of truffle oil before you bake it. 
Even so, not all kinds of pasta are equal. If you want to splurge, Barilla's Collezione is great and mostly available everywhere, as are Cipriani's and Sfoglini, a New York-based company that makes delicious fresh pastas. For a dinner party, make the Cipriani version of baked tagliolini with ham as a first course, meaning give everyone a small portion, followed by grilled sea bass with roasted vegetables, and then a tangy lemony desserts. Your guests will soon, and you will become the hero of the evening. Six o'clock drinks. For some people, this ritual is absolutely sacrosanct, will not be deterred by anything or anybody. It is written in stone. Well, actually, it is tattooed on their chest. If it becomes worrisome when the cocktail ritual starts at 10 in the morning and continues all day, but I'm all for a social evening drink with friends. One large one. The classic martini with a twist is the perfect drink for those evenings when you just need something a little more than a glass of wine. And as we, and I'm using the royal we here, are on this one drink rule, the martini's portion, shape, and kick is, should I say, perfection. Out are complicated mixed drinks with 10 ingredients mixed in a blender, and in are classic Negronis, refreshing Palomas, and simply delicious old-fashioned. Welcoming your friends with a house drink is the way to get the party started and create that necessary buzz. I love mini Bloody Marys for Sunday lunches, or pineapple and rum served over ice in tall glasses. And my latest favorite is a skinny pink lemonade with a splash of vodka. I do avoid prefab, pre-mixed drinks, but if you have to, you have to. Dressing up for dinner. Yes, absolutely, every night. In, even if my only effort is changing into a comfortable kaftan, this is what they're here for. We should all have tried and true dinner outfits. My ex-sister-in-law, Tessie Rayner, wore a navy tunic with matching wide leg trousers everywhere, with little or a lot of jewelry, belted or loose, and even with a gauze overskirt tied around her waist. She used to say that her outfit was able to go to a party and hold conversation better than she could. During the summer months, men in well-ironed linen pants and a clean press shirt and ladies in one of those beautiful embroidery flowy caftans are just perfect. When guests come to my house, I tend to wear a midi skirt with a crisp white shirt that allows me to run around looking polished and perform all my duties without coming undone. A favorite designer is La Double J, um, who uses retro fabrics to make wonderfully stylish clothes. Fancier dresses are when I have help and I don't need to open the oven. Flat shoes are a must in any case. So here's the new trend that I am not liking at all. Maybe, well, it's not a trend as much as a pet peeve of mine and is the new norm of not even saying thank you. Seriously, at restaurants, I feel like reaching over to the next table and scolding the millennial patrons for not saying please and thank you when they order. They don't even look at the waiter, let acknowledge their presence. Is this entitlement? The other day, I reprimanded somebody I know very well for not saying thank you to her housekeeper. And she, without batting an eyelid, said, oh, I don't say thank you every time, just once in a while. She knows that I mean it. I'm like, geez. And just yesterday, I was texting Infinity and wrote, yes, please, in the text. And it came back saying that they didn't understand. Could I please, could I repeat the message? Trends come and go, but great style and graciousness always stays. Moving forward with times is also part of evolving and staying relevant and learning new ways of doing things. All good, right? Just please remember to say please and thank you. Sincerely, 
the serial hostess.